five, six, seven, eight, dropout. Beauty Yay, dropout. No, no graduation, graduation day for you. There you go. We know. <laughs> we know the song. Everybody sing along now. Here we go. <laughs> Welcome back to No More to Consider with Tara and Haley. I'm Tara. This is Haley. Hi, Haley. Hi, Tara. I was feeling in like a really sleepy Sunday. It's Friday. <laughs> but mood. it's somehow a sleepy Sunday mood. Sure. Yeah. Um, and I feel like, you know, a little singing between the two of us always gets me right back up. <laughs> One of my favorite things about you is when you sing. I've said that on here multiple times. I stand by it. When you sing, love- it's one of my favorite things. I love incorporating a little musical moment. Um <laughs> It's probably the best because I can't sing. I think it would be insufferable if I really could sing. You think so? I don't know. I think, I think I'd like it. Either I think way. the best part of it is that I can't sing. I love it. Um, but uh, I thought you were going to start with the book club picks. Oh, right. You're right. I am going to start with the book club picks. I told you it's a sleepy Sunday this Friday afternoon. Yeah. Um, but I'm really excited for these book club picks because I have had a lot of people message me to see if we were going to do something like spooky or like a cute, like October-y, Halloween-y something mm-hmm. to, you know, get into the fall spirit, get into spooky season. And the answer is yes, absolutely. Yes. We are going full spooky with actually two of my favorite books, admittedly, Um this first one that we're doing for reading is sexy um is called spells for forgetting by adrian young and it was one of my favorite books last year because it feels like the novelization of the bridge from cardigan by taylor swift it is just like it's small town it's really really good and i'm going to read the description to you emery blackwood's life changed forever the night her best friend was found dead and the love of her life augustus august how do you say that word? August. Sorry. I was like, August? Another Taylor Swift song? Okay, Off the same up. album? Let's back up. Let's back up. Let's back up. No, I'm keeping it. <laughs> I'm fully keeping that. Haley, come on. <laughs> it's Sunday. Help. Yay. Um, okay. Sunday sorry. scaries. Here we go. Emery... <laughs> Emery Blackwood's life changed forever the night her best friend was found dead and the love of her life, August Salt, was accused of murdering her. Years later, she was doing what her teenage self swore she never would, living a quiet existence on the misty remote island of Sher- remote shores of Sersha Island, rather, and running the family's business, Blackwood's Tea Shop Herbal Tonics and Tea Leaf Readings. But when the island, rooted in folklore and magic, begins to show signs of strange happenings, Emery knows that something is coming. The morning she wakes to find that every single tree on Sersha has turned color in a single night, August returns for the first time in 14 years and unearths the past that the town has tried desperately to forget. And so... It's really suspenseful. Mm, it sounds but not, suspenseful. But not in like a scary way because like what's so interesting about it is like it's from a bunch of different perspectives. Mm-hmm. And at first you're getting like August and Emery who are like kind of these like teenage like love interests who like are maybe going to reconnect. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also get perspectives of all the other townspeople and like the secrets they're trying to keep from each other and the things that other people know and you don't know who knows what. And... It feels kind of like a whodunit, but like in a really magical, spooky, but like romantic way. Okay. If you're not into spooky, scary, I am not. 
at all. Like, Matt Zuckery is going to be in the new season of American Horror Story, and I will not watch it. She won't. I, am, I was so excited. And then she was like, no, I'm not watching that. And I was I, like, oh. I'm too scared because I can't do suspenseful scary. And I did not. I read this book at night. I was okay to do so. So, like, if you don't do suspenseful scary, I actually think this is a really good entry point for you. I love that. But because it is reading is sexy, there is a very predominant romance story in it. Sure. Um, but I'll I'll leave that to you guys to discover as you read. Um, and then where you read, I will follow in a very similar uh, sort of theme. We will be reading Rebecca by Daphne du Maurier, um, which is kind of like the same thing where it's like kind of a romance, kind of spooky, scary. I would say that this one is a little bit more spooky, scary. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you have never read Rebecca, um, another one of my favorite books, last night I dream I went to Manderley again. The novel begins in Monte Carlo where our heroine is swept off her feet by the dashing widower Maxim de Winter and his sudden proposal of marriage. Orphaned and working at a, as a lady's maid, she can barely believe her luck. It is only when they arrive at his massive country estate that she realizes how large a shadow his late wife Rebecca will mm-hmm. cast over their lives, presenting her with a lingering evil that threatens to destroy their marriage from beyond the grave. Wow. And what's interesting about this is the main character, you never learn her name um, throughout the whole book. Um, and it's she's kind of like plagued by uh, the late wife of her new husband. Um, and a lot of people think that tolerate it, not to make this all about Taylor Swift, but tolerate it. Um, <laughs> I love to make about Taylor Swift. <laughs> that was my favorite Who thing. Who are you kidding? <laughs> um, is she read Rebecca, and that's kind of like where this comes from. Um, it's one of my favorite books. It's perfect for spooky season because it's got that like you know that sort of element to it of like what is going on here, and I love it. Yeah. Um, there is a movie if you want to watch the movie. Not that I'm like encouraging the book club not to read the book. Sure. But it's like you know. Well, also me- for our our people who aren't in. The book clubs, if they want to just, like, be along for the ride and they're not really readers, they can watch the movie. Now, I will tell you, did you know that Rebecca was supposed to be a musical? It is a musical. Yes. Do you remember the Rebecca scandal when it tried to come to Broadway? No. This musical was supposed to come to Broadway in, like, 2011, 2012, something like that. It was announced that it was coming to Broadway. And the guy who was putting it up said that he had all these investors that never existed. Oh, it's crazy. That's very Rebecca. Very uh, that's what spooky. I'm saying. You said that like <laughs> it's a story where it's like, what is going on here? And I'm like, hey, yeah, what is going on here? <laughs> uh, that's exactly how the musical went. So, yeah, I will never forget that happening. I don't remember it in real time because I was in college. So I was a little disconnected. But like people still talk about it to this day. Yeah, oh, it was I kind of like this that. cursed show that just could never get well, Broadway. that makes sense. Crazy. It, was, there, it feels a little cursed as you read it. But, like, I feel like that's the thing about stories like this is, like, I don't ever want anyone who, like, doesn't read to feel like they have to. Like, mm-hmm. that's if that's not your hobby, don't do it. But if this story interests you, there is a movie. As with most of our, like, where you read, I'll follow, like, classics. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a Little Women movie by Greta Gerwig. There is this one, which is on Netflix. I think that there's an older version as well, if you don't want to watch the one with Army Hammer. Um, but... But it's a good movie. I enjoyed it, admittedly. Okay. Um, I'll have to check so, it out. Yeah. I genuinely so, only know about this because of the musical. So yeah. if you're interested in that subject matter, you can Google it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we will 
we'll we'll leave that one up to you. We'll um, leave that yeah, to you. Yes. Those are our two books. Great it's kind picks, of a spooky Haley. I time. love it. Spooky, scary skeletons. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. It's kind of what's the vibe, but like in like a soft way. Soft yeah. spooky scary skeletons. <laughs> okay. Great. We love soft and two spooky of my, scary like, skeletons. One like recent fave. One like longtime fave. But. Yeah. I'm excited to see what you guys think about those. I love it. Such perfect picks for spooky season. You did a great job. Thank you. You're welcome. I always love your book club picks. I think you're so creative with them. And I'm so glad that you've led this book club with like such conviction. I knew you would be able to, but like it's just you're you're doing such a great job with it. I Thank love it. You. I feel like every book you tell me about, I'm like, oh, this is perfect. This is perfect for this time of year. Yeah. And like the books really go hand in hand well. Yeah, I feel like I do a lot of thought of like what like tropes from the show, especially because that's what reading is sexy is to kind of like get that feel. And like, I don't think we've had one that's like a true like small town, like with like not even just like the romance between like two of the characters, but like where the right. whole town feels involved in it yeah and so that's why I'm excited about this one totally um, I will say a lot of people do message me that like some of the books they have DNF'd for those of you who are not readers do not finish um oh and I okay. like the, the thing is is like it never bothers me I'm like do you yeah like if you t- message me and you're like I was not into this let me know and I'll give you a new rec like yeah totally <laughs> message me and we can find something new to read I didn't finish one of the books I felt like it was the wrong time for me to read it and it's like do not continue books you don't want to read even if you're leading a book club that's reading it. <laughs> yeah exactly give yourself that agency I think that's yeah. that's super important and yeah. I love that you just admitted that you didn't finish one of the books. What well, the thing was, it's not like I wasn't interested. It was just like I was just in like such a time where I'm like, this is not for me. This is like for a future version of me who's gonna love this. But yeah. if I make myself read this now, she's gonna two star it. There you go. <laughs> Brutal honesty. So those are our book club books for October. Um, as we announced last week, we have a book club drop that just came out. Be yes. sure to keep your eyes open this week because another component of our fall merch is going to be dropping this Friday on the 22nd. Yes. Just in time for fall. We're very excited. <laughs> so keep your eyes open. Uh, check our Instagram page. On the merch, I have a Reading a Sexy shirt that now is stained with coffee. I heard. I, I wore mine on uh, last Tuesday on our merch drop yep. and then very promptly dropped my iced coffee all over it, which was like... So perfect. I know. (laughs) We will order you a new one. (laughs) Thank you. Um, But speaking of books, today is a continuation of our Academia episode. We talked a lot about Academia last week because, of course, it plays a really large role in the show and the characters, their journeys and their relationships with each other. Um, But we kind of ran out of time because there was just so much to say. And basically where we ended was we were talking about Rory's partners. We talked a lot about Dean in the last episode. Um, We talked a lot about Jess and Luke and how they kind of have their own journey separate from Rory and Luke's outlook on education. And then as we started to approach Logan and Roy and Logan's relationship through education, especially because they meet at Yale, we kind of had to stop and cut ourselves short. Yeah. Um, and I would, I remember you saying something to the effect of like not feeling like Rory really cheered Logan on in any capacity, especially when it came to his education. Yeah. And I just would love for you to expand on that. A little, without giving away too much, because I know that we have a Logan episode coming up, so. Oh my gosh. I actually talked about this on our Patreon episode. I think it's uh, in our Patreon episode last week about how, like, I've been, like, in my car preparing for the Logan episode by myself, like, yes, like, rehearsing how it's going to go. Yeah, you have. (laughs) So I I will withhold that. But yeah, I think that part of it is that with her other partners, like, with Dean and with Jess, I think that there was this sense of, like, they weren't like fulfilling their potential and it's um 
she was very encouraging of that. Like with Jess, she's like, you're so smart. Like, what are you doing? And I don't remember her ever really doing that with Logan. And like, I don't remember her like, I mean, they went to school together. So that was like the first for a partner for her of like being in school. But it's like being in school, quote unquote, in college is so different than being in school and like being in high school. Like if she and Dean had been in Stars Hollow High together, it's just like sort of a different sort of beast because it doesn't yeah. mean that you're in the same classes but he was on the paper and like deigned to show up every now and then yeah um, well I was gonna say I feel like that's kind of how she was introduced to Logan was from Doyle's perspective of like oh that's Logan he just shows up when yeah. he feels like it so she was kind of already led to believe that this was a guy who just gets everything handed to him that he yeah. he's not actually smart or good at what yeah. he does he's not a good writer he's just didn't value this thing that she did exactly he's just Mitchum Hunsberger's son, son. and so he's yeah. on the paper and then when he does write a piece and she's like oh you're actually good at what you do oh okay yeah. I think that that might be why she doesn't necessarily give him any academic validation because he yeah. already has enough of that and she also knows that he doesn't necessarily like it's not that he doesn't value education. It's just, you know, what he says, and let me hear your balalinkas ringing out. Like, there's one yeah. door, and I'm being shoved right through it. So I yeah. wonder if part of the reason for that is that she doesn't want to add to the noise that he already gets and has been getting for his entire life. Yeah, I think that there's two sides of that, because it's like, it could be that she's like, oh, he's a really good writer. He also goes to Yale. He has to, like, maintain, like, some semblance of, like, being a student here and, like, passing his classes in order to stay right or otherwise they're going to kick him out sure right? well yeah I I feel the same way about Madeline and Louise I'm like y'all have to be good at something <laughs> well they they get like A's and B's on their papers like I when they're know. discussing grades and so I think I wonder if like one side of it is that like she sees him like a little bit as like the first time someone's like not like an equal to her but it's like it's like they're on they're on the same playing field mm. and it's like it's not like she's like it's not like a pitying thing that she's doing where she's trying to raise someone up to her level. It's like he's already there. Mm. And maybe not competitively, but like it's just there is no competition. There's no there's nothing to more to do there because he's he's at Yale with her. Like, yeah, that's kind of where that is. But then the other side of it, what you were talking about is like adding to the noise. And like, I don't want to get too deep into this because this is a lot of what I want to talk about. But Logan is that like he doesn't have anyone in his life who's like telling him good things you know so it's like to add to the noise like from the perspective of like your girlfriend being like you're super smart you're great like you're doing well in school yeah <laughs> Not that it's her job to do that but it's like I don't think that he has anyone that values that part of his life um and so I don't think that there's any reason that he has felt the need to because he just can float by and the door is open regardless of how he gets through it and um kind of has to like suffer through the rest of it a little yeah. bit yeah which is such a shame we yeah. can get into that but sad little but, rich boy <laughs> poor little rich boy yeah um why did I sound like I was narrating gossip girl I sounded like Kristen <laughs> Bell just there poor yeah. little rich boy xoxo Tara yeah I I don't know it's I think that's something that we definitely have to get into in the Logan episode. Like, we can break that down a little bit more. But in regards to, like, academia, I just don't think that the two of them – and I, I think this about Rory's education as a whole when it comes to Yale. I, I just don't see the two of them kind of discussing, debating, you know, 
school and academics so much is like the paper carries more weight, I think, when Lori goes to college, less like the grades that she gets. When we go to, when we go from Chilton to Yale, and we see this in her relationship with Paris as well, the educational component, like the Yale of it all, is really about the Yale Daily News. For sure. It's not really about the classes anymore. Season four, we get some of that. When she has to drop a class, you know, that's a whole big thing. But like, even in her relationship with Paris, it's less about grades. It's now more about the paper. And so yeah. I think that's kind of where we see Rory and Logan's relationship flourish. And yeah. we see Paris she, and Rory's she helps him with that flourish. article. Yes. And that's I kind of one that, of the first things that they kind of interact on together. Yeah. Besides, you know, the obvious uh, you jump by jump jack right, article about course. the life and death brigade. But yeah, you're totally right. And it's more from like a flirtatious perspective than it is about... Uh, wanting to help him yeah yeah. (laughs) he's like he's hot I'm gonna give him my notes because I take a lot of them yeah um but I think that's true of Paris too it's like school becomes like more of like a like the backdrop to like being at the Yale Daily News and like especially as her and Paris get more competitive which is interesting because if we like flash back to Chilton with the two of them I don't know that there was like like they had the paper Mm-hmm. And it was competitive in the sense that, like, Paris was the editor and she could use it to torture Rory a little bit. Um, but that, like, torturous nature kind of leaves a little bit and Paris just becomes um, torturous to everyone else. <laughs> totally. That's so true. Well, the way I see it with Chilton and Yale, of course, like, the backdrops completely shift. But the thing about Chilton is that Rory and Paris had the exact same goal when they were going to Chilton, which was to get into Harvard. And I think that that was kind of why Paris immediately, it seems like Paris is the kind of person that like in high school measured people based on their grades. And she measured her ability to develop a relationship with them based on their grades or their social status or whatever it may be at Chilton. Whereas then when she goes to Yale, I think that Paris is a lot more like self reflective and focused and she and Maybe Rory's self-reflective but as much as like <laughs> as much as like she is her only competition yeah self-competitive and focused yeah. but yeah. she and Rory now have two completely different goals in that they're getting two completely different degrees yeah um but you know the only way that it runs parallel is when they're at the paper, which makes a lot of sense as to why that's now become the backdrop of Yale for the two of them and of their education, because they're not really in a ton of classes together, um, or at least that we see. And so that doesn't really become as important as it was to Paris when she was watching Rory's every move in Chilton. Yeah, that's so interesting that you mentioned that, because it's like, I never thought of them from the perspective of like the like goal orientation of like for the first three seasons they both want to get into Harvard and it seems like only one of them can do it from Paris' perspective at the beginning which doesn't make a lot of sense but like once we get there it's it ends up being kind of true yeah Um, but at no fault to Rory's it's kind of on Paris um but when they get to Yale there's like what like when you said like they have different goals and the goal is to get a degree but like it also kind of seems like it gets a little loosey-goosey because there doesn't feel like a solid goal. Like, it doesn't feel like there's something that, like, is 
holding that tension between them like whereas like it's so clear what the path is from season one to season three Mm -hmm. of where they're going and like to strum the tension between them is so easy it's a lot more difficult when they get to college because it's like the they almost have to like invent new things constantly rather than having like a through line of like school being a tension between them yeah which is true as you get older like like you know like there feels like maybe their life opens up a little bit when they get to college but totally um, and it becomes much more socially based because Paris is Roy's roommate in season four and that's kind of forced upon Rory but then she (laughs) chooses that for the rest of the series so you know I think that it has much more to do with like the social aspect you know in early season four when Paris is upset with her because she won't open the door you know for the party and stuff like that and so again I think (laughs) that's why they kind of use the fact that they're roommates and also the fact that they're on the paper together, that's really the only place where we see conflict now between the two of them because I think that it would be really tired if they just kept the school competitiveness in their wheelhouse, especially given where they land at the end of season three. They're friends. They have respect for each other, it seems. So I think for Paris to arrive at Yale and for this rivalry to be building again over school and academics specifically, because that's always what it was kind of framed as, even though it was about other things, Tristan and boys and like friendship and her sharing with Francie, you know, about everything about Jamie. I think that they actually took that and they were like, okay, let's actually make it about the social situations Not, you know, academics, which, of course, was the overarching theme, but academics was kind of the veil over the social components, the friendship components. And so they actually get to get into that a little bit more. But where we really see the two of them reach their, like, big, big conflict, of course, is when Rory becomes the editor of the Yale Daily News. Of course. Oh, yeah. But as as you're talking about that, it, like, really shows me that, like, the Paris and Logan, like, I never really connect those characters much, but, like, the way that they're different from Jess and, what is his name, Dean. (laughs) Sorry. I told Tara yesterday I was done talking about Dean. (laughs) She did. She was like, I'm out. Dean sucks. (laughs) I did say that. Um, But the difference is that, like, uh... The way that they perceive Rory's schoolness is schoolness the one the way that I want to say that because that doesn't feel like a real word to use in our academia episode. You can say schoolness. Um, we can make up um, words on the academia like, episode. We totally can. That's what this is for. Like her relationship to school because like they're more of like wow I have a smart girlfriend like I will never be Rory. Whereas like Paris and Logan kind of feel like we were pushed to do this. Our parents have put this pressure on us that like we ended up here not by like the fantastical whims of me and my mom we ended up here because this is what the plan was this is what we were forced into and Paris really took it and ran but that was what the expectation of like how she was going to proceed through life because wasn't it that like all of the Gellers had been to Harvard yes and so the same thing with Logan is like his dad was like, you're going to go to Yale and then you're going to work for me. And that's how it is. And they have this like jealousy where Paris's is like a lot more evident throughout Chilton and Logan, of course, in Yale, because we don't know him before that. But it's like theirs comes from this place of like they were forced into this mm-hmm. and Rory wasn't. And like Rory gets to be like a fairy princess throughout school. And so then like when Paris like gets ousted as the editor of Yale Daily News, I think I would be just as mad (laughs) that, like, I, for my friend to 
take over. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I see it through two different lenses because like as an audience (laughs) member, I'm like this chick. Get her out. Get her out. to go. (laughs) But like, of course, from Paris's perspective, this is all she's ever wanted. Yeah. And, you know, she kind of succeeded in that feat in a smaller capacity when she became the editor in chief of the Franklin. Right. And now she gets to see that through with the Yale Daily News. However, I do think a lot of why she got to see that through is because Rory dropped out of Yale during the time when that would have been chosen anyway. So Do you think so? Do you think I that think, Rory would have I, I don't know. You know, Paris of I think was the more consistent choice because I know that like similarly to Rory kind of coming in and like getting a D on her paper and missing her test and all this stuff and then ending up valedictorian, I think it would have been an interesting repeat to see her kind of fumble the way that we do at the Yale Daily News, like when die jerk happens and she has to write this piece and get really, really specific about this ballerina and she ends up insulting her. That was because Doyle was like criticizing all of her work and I think that's the same episode where like Rory's piece doesn't make it into the paper or something and like Paris is furiously flipping through and she's like mine did okay yeah (laughs) you know so like I think that you know Rory kind of faced a lot of obstacles whereas Paris has always been billed as someone who's pretty consistent when it comes to like the regimentation of grades and doing well at the paper and stuff so it makes sense that she became the editor but I don't know I think that like inevitably Rory was going to end up in that position in some way because she's the main character yeah of course (laughs) so I'm glad it happened this way for the conflict I don't know if it would have happened that way to begin with if it would have been too easy similarly to how we were all kind of like how did she end up being valedictorian like truly (laughs) we're all truly Paris never got a D (laughs) that we know of but she did miss all that school when she had her mental breakdown on C-SPAN so that's true to say but (laughs) I think that seeing Paris face that hardship again with Rory kind of getting exactly what she wanted is what put the strain on their relationship. And once again, it comes back to the academics of it all that like, yeah, as long as Paris is succeeding and flying, I think her relationship with Rory was on an even keel. But if Rory felt like competition I think that's when things would always start to fall apart. To that, that, what's interesting is I think that Rory and Paris's perspective of the conflict in their relationship is sometimes different. Yeah. Because, like, when we're in season three and uh, Rory thinks it's just all about Francie and student government and, like, all of that, in Paris's mind, it's like, I can't believe I thought you were my best friend. Like, And I think that that's probably the same when we get when we to, get to this yeah. Yale Daily News situation is because like Rory's the one to come into her little hidey hole that she builds. <laughs> She's got the hot I plate. Love it. <laughs> She's the one to come inside and be like hey so here's the thing like she's always the one to talk to Paris and you know I think from Paris's perspective she's like you betrayed me. Like, did you come yeah. in to say that to me just to take my job? Like, it feels like a betrayal of friendship, which I would feel the same way if I were Paris, yeah. admittedly. Like, when Paris opens the door and, like, <laughs> the like it's just a crack in the door and all her stuff's in the hallway. I know. <laughs> you dare show your face? <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. It's so good. But I understand why she's upset because, like you said, it's about their friendship. And that's what I meant when I was talking about Chilton before, that, like, the veil of academics was always over, like, the real stuff that was underneath. Yeah. And what's interesting is, like, there's not anyone else that's, like, so tied to Rory's relationship with school like Paris is. Mm-hmm. Like, you can, like, I think in our Paris and 
we were talking about Paris and Rory's friendship um, last summer, that like you really chart their relationship based on what's going on at school and based on how either of them are doing at any given moment. And like there's no other character that does that. And I think that's what I love so much about Paris. It's like she just just sticks around like she does love lane but like she's not really a part of rory's school journey in any way and you know to that point i think that up until the point that rory goes to chilton she's never really met someone or has had a relationship with someone that we know of where school is also a priority i think for lane like school is not a priority her mom you know feels (laughs) pretty stickler about it as she does with everything in her life and lane's life like she feels kind of forced into it, not in the same way that Paris and Logan no. probably did, but you know, she and Rory just don't exist on that same plane as no, far as their priorities she just wants go. To rock, and that's okay. <laughs> yes, and we want her to rock, we but want in her that to rock. same way, Paris, I don't think until Rory comes to school has ever met someone who values education in the same way she does because she has Madeline and Louise, and like we talked about, they get good grades, but. Yeah. They don't value, like, they don't prioritize no. education. It's, once again, something they have to do. And so I think that, ironically, the reason that Paris gravitates towards Rory from both a friendship perspective and, like, a rivalry perspective is because of academics. Like, yeah. she loves her and wants to be her friend because she values education. All the same, she's incredibly threatened by her because yeah. she values education. And she's, like, can beat her out at something and get and like ultimately get the things that she wants Mm -hmm. and I think that that's interesting to look at like her friendships from like Lane and Paris and like how that relates to school because I do think that like with Logan it's a similar thing that like he kind of is on that same playing field but he is like the first person that she's like really engaging with it engaging with that doesn't really care Mm. like he's just kind of there seemingly by accident because this is what this is what he was born into but also probably very frustratingly just kind of naturally smart and like just a good writer whereas like Rory has to work really hard and he just kind of like like as Doyle says just like turn something in when he like gets sick and it's actually really good yeah Um, and so I think that's what's interesting too is like I know people hate it but I think that like he is a little bit Jess sometimes because Mm -hmm. it's like he doesn't care but he's still good at it. And I think that what Jess was lacking is that like that, like we talked about before is like Luke tried, but like Jess like didn't have that instilled in him in any way. Like he Mm. was like, I'm like really bucked against it. And Logan super bucks against it, but like this is what he has to do. So I think that they're very similar in a lot of ways because they met Rory where she was at, but Logan not like had one up on Jess, but it was just that he was in that spot. Like Jess was never going to be at Yale. He was never going to be at Chilton. Um, Logan probably went to some similar prep school, mm-hmm. um, which I love to read. I love to read fan fiction about Logan's high school days in <laughs> 2007. Totally. Um, oh, gosh, I want to go back and find some of those. They were the best ones. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait yeah. to read them. I never read any fan fiction, and I know that you read a lot of fan fiction. Well, a lot of them were, like, them in high school. And so, like, I think that was, like, me being in high school liked it better than their college days because, like, Logan would get kicked out of school and end up at Chilton. Oh. Yeah, okay. and then like things would happen, and um, you know, it was it was great. I love that. For <laughs> but you. we can we can we can move on. Yeah. <laughs> great.
Rakuten is the most rewarding way to shop and save because members earn cash back on everything that they buy. Rakuten is a shopping platform that partners with over 3,500 stores across every category, including beauty, clothing, electronics, home, department stores, pets, and more. And as you all know, I love shopping through the Rakuten app. Every time I shop online, I always start there to see what the cashback deals are. It's incredibly user-friendly, membership is free, and it's easy to sign up. The best part is you can maximize your savings by stacking cashback on top of other deals because the app lets you know what the store sales and coupons are at your favorite places to shop. Speaking of favorite places to shop, I love shopping Anthropology's post-holiday sale where they put their clearance on clearance. This year, not only did I get savings on top of savings, but I also got cash back by shopping their sale through Rakuten. Cashback rates are changing daily, so make sure that you check their site or your app to snag the best deals. Start all of your shopping at Rakuten.com or get the Rakuten app like me to start your saving today. Your cashback really adds up. Haley, I feel like most of our followers already know that we don't really drink alcohol, but we do love a fun beverage. Oh, we do. Both of us think a fun beverage in a chill night is the epitome of a good time, especially when that drink is a recess mood, which is a delicious sparkling water infused with functional ingredients like mood lifting magnesium and stress balancing adaptogens. So you can relax without the alcohol. I drink mine every night while reading, of course. Tara, tell everyone how you enjoy yours. Honestly, I usually drink mine while we're recording the podcast. <laughs> it's my favorite way to enjoy a recess. And all of our besties can get 15% off the Recess Mood sampler pack at takearecess.com GTS. Recess Mood is made with real fruit and comes in four delicious flavors like strawberry rose and raspberry lemon. But my personal favorite is the grapefruit tangerine. And with only 20 calories and no added sugar, it's the perfect way to chill. You deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com GTS and get 15% off Recess Mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. I don't know what it is, but cowboy boots are magic. Since they've arrived, I've worn my Tecovis boots almost every day. I have the Annie in Midnight. I know you have the Annie in Bone. I do. But they make me feel so powerful because, of course, it is my dream to be a cowgirl. Yes, I know this about you. But I also know <laughs> you've told me that you wear them while you write your book. I do. I wear them all the time because I also wear them when I get dressed up or when I'm sitting at my dress recording the podcast because they make me feel so bold and brave and like I can do anything no matter how I style them. Tecovis has carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality that you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service with boots for men and women handmade from the most premium leathers. And if you dream of being cowgirls like us or you're already Western to your core, Tecovis is the perfect brand to start with because they believe in Western for all. They don't only offer their handmade boots, but all sorts of head-to-toe Western staples. Perfect jeans to go with your boots, pearl snaps, bandanas, and cowboy hats. You name it and they'll get you out. Outfitted. And if you can't make it into a store, Tecovis delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. So visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And as a special opportunity for our listeners, Tecovis has said that they will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 on tecovis.com. Just use the code Gilmore at checkout. That's G-I-L-M-O-R-E. It's about a $30 value and they sell fast, so they're always new styles and looks. Again, for a limited time, just enter code Gilmore at checkout to add a free logo hat to your order as a one-time gift from Tecovis. Only at tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. (laughs) 
Well, you bring up three very important people, I think, well, with the exception of Lorelai, when it comes to Rory's journey of dropping out of Yale. And my first question Mm. for you is that, you know, obviously we know that Jess is probably the most passionate about Rory going back to Yale just in his demeanor. I mean, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure Lorelai is the most passionate about it. But someone we also get a lot of passion from is Paris. But I'm curious if you think the reason that she went to Rory and was like, you have to go to school is because Paris does not know how to do that. Because Paris does not know how to do school without Rory anymore. No, that's what she, that's what she tells Lorelai. Oh, she does. She, when she goes to her house and she's like, what are we going to do? And she sits down on the couch and she's like, Rory's the only person who stays in the room. Yes. Until yes, I finish totally talking. Right. I forgot about that. <laughs> she's the only person yes. who stays in the room until I finish talking. And she was like, I, I couldn't have gotten through school without her. Like, it's yeah. like Paris is very, like, uh, like admits that that's the case. Um, but this is the, like... It's like I always see it as like a screenshot of like Paris being like, what are you going to do without a college degree? Drive a forklift? <laughs> and that's what we were talking about so much in the last episode is like, like, that's a fine job. But it's like to Paris, it's like that's literally the worst thing that could happen is to like not have an Ivy League education. Totally. Um, and that's when she was like trying to get find out where she was going to live. Um, and she was like, you're not going back to school whatever um and then when she finally finds out about it she like goes to Lorelai she's like what are we gonna do about this which is like very reminiscent of the revival when uh Lorelai goes to Paris's clinic and she's like I love our girl like (laughs) is talking about it like they both raised her (laughs) exactly exactly (laughs) that's what it like feels like yeah so then Kind of pivoting to Logan, and without getting too deep into it, because again, I know we want to like save a lot of this for the Logan episode. There's so much to talk about, but he, <laughs> I think, is under fire a lot. And I, period, <laughs> but I think he's <laughs> under fire a lot for not encouraging Rory, yeah, to go back to school in a like, I guess, in a more aggressive way. He kind of allows her the space to like do what she wants to do at the she's a jolly good felon party. <laughs> god he definitely is like so you're really doing this yeah you're really not going back to school yeah she's just gonna drink beer ice cream yeah and And he says something like as it comes he's like i give you how much one month i give you one month so like his hand off approach to it why do you think that's so deeply scrutinized because lorelei kind of does a little bit of the same thing I mean, she wants to get her back. She's a big reaction. She's a huge reaction. But then once she realizes that she has lost the battle with her parents. Oh, that scene when they're looking at each other through the window. Oh, my God. And her parents have betrayed her. Oh, my God. By, like, turning the tables on her for the the table. It's so bad. Yeah. (laughs) But, like, she genuinely takes her hands off the wheel. And she's like, okay, Rory will go back to school when Rory is ready to go back to school. One of my favorite lines is when she says to her parents and she's like, you've won congrats Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) when she shows up in their bedroom in the middle of the night oh i love when she does that richard and emily just in bed like richard in his necklace (laughs) yes that's right he's wearing his necklace yeah because um ed herman he would wear his own jewelry right valerie did tell us about that yeah but i'm just curious why you think that logan is so deeply scrutinized for that when lorelei arguably kind of isn't she's actually like we've posed this question of like what would have happened if she had just kind of let her do what she needed to do and kind of given her the summer and do you think that it's because 
people just love to hate on Logan? Or do you think Mm -hmm. that it's because, (laughs) okay, short answer, yes. Or do you think it's because it's juxtaposed up against Jess, who was like, why did you drop out of Yale? What are you doing? This isn't you. I know you. Yeah. (laughs) This isn't you. Um, it's I think yes to all of them because I think that the the main scrutiny comes from comes from Jess because Jess was the one who slip slapped her about the face <laughs> and was like like this jerk with a Porsche who make fun of guys like this like because he's like what's going on with you, you. is yeah. like the whole point of it it's like it's not about him that is like such like a pivotal moment for Rory um admittedly if someone yelled at me about my decisions I'm not going to (laughs) self-reflect so that was like really big of Rory to do such but she was already on that path to there and like regardless of like how you feel about the just situation is like that was like such a big moment for her for someone to like hold her by her little cheeks and be like baby girl what is going on yeah this is not you I know you better than anyone arguably um whether you believe that or not but when you flash back to Logan, it's like the argument is that like he doesn't know her. He's letting her do this. Like he's letting her fall further down this hole. He's guiding her by like, you know, just like as she says, all we do is drink. And like, you know, like it's like the juxtaposition of the two of them is like Logan let her lose herself. And mm. Jess was the one who yelled her back onto the path. But I think the thing that people have to recognize is like, Everyone in Rory's life was mad at her. Mm-hmm. And this is her new boyfriend. Like, they've only been together for, like, what? Like, a month? <laughs> Two yeah. months at this point? So it's, like, to have someone, like, that new in your life to be, like, actually, yeah, I'm going to be mad at you, too. Or, like, the reverse of it be, like, I recognize that she's having a little bit of a breakdown. Why don't I be something kind of stable right now? And just, like, not give too much of an opinion because it is going to be summer soon. Maybe mm-hmm. she just needs to chill out and needs someone who's going to stand by her while she figures this out. That's always how I've seen that. And I then, agree. But he does give his opinion. He's like, this is like, he kind of says the same thing to her at the Jolly Good Felon party. Where yeah. he's like, he was like, you love school. Yeah. And she's like, nope, not anymore. Yeah. And he's like, I give you one month before you're back at Yale. Yeah. Which doesn't make any sense because it's summer, Logan. No one is going to be back at Yale in a month. <laughs> yeah, but, I think he maybe like, meant like one month into the school year. Yeah. And like she, when they have that conversation, she really does blame him. Like, and she was like, all we do is drink. And he was like, damn right. That's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to drink him at a party because come May, my life is over. And she's like, how hard are you fighting it? I'm not going to recite the whole scene right now, even though I could. She could. Because um, uh, he says, be a doctor, be a clown, like be a journalist, be a doctor, be a clown, do whatever you want. Like you have all these doors open to you mm-hmm. and you're not choosing any of them. And mm-hmm. I think that that's the moment when we see Logan being resentful of her. Yeah. And like, that's when that thing that like we saw with Paris, like as a jealousy when she was in Chilton. And I think that this is Logan, like drunkenly angry in the middle of a bar, having a fight with her being like, you can literally do anything floating back to it's your choices. And she's not choosing anything. Yeah. And it's like, she could literally do anything at all and instead she's choosing nothing and that's really frustrating when you've been someone who is like you know been pretty even keeled and then you come home and uh (laughs) from a trip and your girlfriend's with another man but we can get to the full extent of that later but yeah of course i think he's i think he's resentful and i think a lot of people don't recognize that like if you've been so supportive of your partner who like logan's arguably going through a really hard time too as he goes through like the end of his school and whatever and 
Rory's not doing anything about it. She's lost in herself in her own mind. Yeah. Not arguably not being a very good partner. Um, yeah. And so I, that's kind of how I see it. It's like I've always felt like uh, he was her new boyfriend. He's not going to force her back. Uh, and Well, also, I think if he had said to Rory what Jess said to Rory, I don't think it would have had the same impact. We've talked about this before. No. I don't think it would have. I don't think so at all. Have we talked about that before? What if Logan had delivered that? This isn't you. Living with your grandparents, being in the DAR, no Yale. Why did you drop out of Yale from Logan Huntsberger? I know. Mm. I don't know. I don't know how that would have gone over, but my instinct is to say it wouldn't have had the same impact. I don't think so. Because I just think that the impact of Jess saying it to her, Jess who knew her when arguably the audience like rooted for her more. Yeah. I also think it's Jess was with her when she was dreaming Mm -hmm. and then she had the dream and now she's lost it. And he's the one that's like, uh, where was that girl? Yeah. She's not here. I thought I was going to come back and see you. You know, he says you graduate early, Doogie. Like, you know. (laughs) Yeah. She's like, uh, no. (laughs) Yeah. No, I... I, I don't know. I don't know if it would have packed the same punch coming from Logan. No. But I do stand with you in that I think that Logan... Thank you for your solidarity. <laughs> anytime. I think that Logan was genuinely trying to, like, get her back there on her own. Yeah. Which is kind of where Lorelai and Logan are very similar in a lot of ways. And, that, like, add that to the list. Because I think that they were like, I could take this approach. And for Lorelai, she tried to and it didn't work. So yeah. it was like, I could take this approach, but it's not going to work. So I'm going to take this approach. And, and it's see also what like, how does he know how to do that? Like, how does your college boyfriend know how to, like, be the one to, like, feel responsible for that? But I think the biggest thing that people come to there is, like, how privileged Logan is. And that's what a lot of people dislike about him and, like, sure. the privilege and how he abuses it. That's a very fair criticism of him. And so, like, yeah. if you are if you don't like him in this moment, it's like she's falling further into his world. Yeah. And he's letting her and he's guiding her there. So I, like, really understand that criticism of it. But I don't think it's as much about that. I don't think it is either. And kind of pivoting into something we talked about last week, which is that, like, if Chris had been the one that Rory turned to mm. during this time, I think he probably would have taken the same approach that Logan did. Yeah. Oh, totally. I think he would have been like, look, I support you in whatever decision you want to make. I think you should be in school because I think that's who you are. Especially because I bought you an expensive ass dictionary. (laughs) Correct. That you're now just wasting. (laughs) But take whatever time you need to to find your way back there, I think is kind of the approach that Chris would have taken had he been the one she turned to. Totally. And I think that that does speak volumes to how Chris and Logan were super similar. Do you think that they would have teamed up the two of them, Chris and Logan? Maybe. Well, it's interesting that you bring that up because we had a lot of people (gasps) call in talking about Chris and Logan and some parallels there and a little bit of confusion having to do with Chris's background in school that we didn't necessarily touch on in our episode last week. Wait, did I guide myself into a question again? You did. I'm so good at doing that. Hey, girlies, this is your bestie, Molly here, huge fan. Actually, I feel like I am living Gilmore Girls personally. It's just me and my daughter, who's 13, and we totally watch Gilmore Girls on the repeat all the time. Anyways, I just finished listening to your Academia episode, and I had just finished watching an episode in season six where Christopher meets Logan more officially, 
when Rory first moves in with him. Um, and so him and Logan are talking about their time back in prep school. I'm assuming this is high school prep school. And Christopher lists, like, numerous schools he has gone to and Logan has gone to. It was very confusing. It's the first time I realized, like, when did Christopher and Lorelai meet? Did they go to school together? Like, I got the impression that Chris was at all these schools. They were boys' schools. So I don't know how he would have met Lorelai. I don't know where they were all. I assume they were all in Hartford. So maybe he went to some of these after Lorelai got pregnant or after Lorelai left. So I don't know. It just kind of fit in with the academia. I literally just had this conversation with my daughter the other day. We're like, when did he go to all of these schools? And how did him and Lorelai hang out? Because they didn't go to school together. So that was all. Uh, keep it up. Love listening to you ladies. And we'll uh, talk soon. Bye. Oh my gosh. Thanks, Molly. Thanks, Molly. I have to tell you, we got like three or four voicemails just like that. I completely forgot about that. First of all, I love that scene so much. But that's so true. And what she said about that happening after Lorelai got pregnant maybe makes a ton of sense. Because that's when he's going through like, they're like comparing all of the like prep schools that they went to, boarding schools. And that's when... um. Chris says to Logan, you got kicked out of rivers. I didn't think they kicked anyone out. And he said, Dean Eldon's Miata in the bottom of Lake Barfleford proved just the ticket. And he says, Rory, you've got a good man here. Mm. And she's like, interesting yardstick you're using where they're just like comparing getting kicked out of schools. Mm -hmm. And I had never considered that like, I always thought that Lorelai and... Chris went uh, to school together. Chris went to school together. Well, they kind of allude to that, you know, when Lorelai, I in think, the is flashback. explaining to... Well, in the flashback, but when Lorelai is explaining to Max, I think it's in... um Love and Warren Snow. He says, have you ever been married? She said, no. Um, Rory's dad proposed. And he said, what'd you say? She goes, uh, the bell rang. I had chem lab. Like, you know, she just was like. Yeah. So Lorelai alludes to the fact that they were in school together. Yeah. So I think that that's maybe a plot hole in that it's a little inconsistent. But I would not put it past Strobe, Francine, et cetera, to like throw him into these like all boys prep schools because she got pregnant and they're like you're still doing this you're still you know living the dream that we set out for you we're gonna find a way to make this work I don't know but it was just interesting to me because like we always compare Chris and Logan from a story perspective in like the trio of like how this is gonna land with Rory getting pregnant and you know Logan being the the father and that whole like history repeating itself kind of mentality but I think that sometimes at least I fail to really sit down and like map out the parallels between Chris and Logan in that they had a very similar upbringing. Like you could argue that Chris had one door and he was being shoved through it. And that is a huge reason why he was like, (laughs) I want to go to Europe and I do not want anybody to know where I am. I'm going to leave a note and I'm just going to go backpacking through Europe and sleep on a bench. Yeah. And he seemed to have found a trap door beneath the door and just like dropped out of the whole the whole plan entirely it it seems like that's the path logan wanted to take like i don't want to go through the door i want to go through the trap door i'd rather sleep on a park bench and (laughs) backpack through europe how did you get through the trap door but the trap door seems like it would make so much sense why strobe was upset and i know that this is like retroactively trying to make all of these connect like within the story Mm -hmm. but it would make the most sense if it was like lorelei got pregnant they weren't going to follow along with the like chris gets a job whatever it was that they were planning on. I don't know if he was going to go to college with that plan, but maybe it was like sent him to boarding school. Maybe this is why he was not around when Rory was younger and he just kept getting kicked out. Mm -hmm. And so Strobe then was like upset with Lorelai because like they had to go through all of this for him and he just like 
his behavioral issues led him to not getting into Princeton. And that would have been a lot of like retroactively filling in the blanks from one to six to really make that make sense. Mm-hmm. But I like that story. I do too. Ooh. I know. But no, I I agree. Logan and Chris are very similar, but I think that one of the worst things that Amy Sherman Palladino ever did for her own story was to say that Logan is Rory's father when he first came on the season scene in season five. Because I think it gave everyone the permission to not let him be anything else. Because mm. I think that just being Chris is kind of boring, which we can get into another time. Mm. But like, because they really, I feel like they diverge. But I think it has a lot to do with like the willingness to follow along. And I don't know where that fell off for Chris in this like imaginated, imaginated is not a word, imagined. <laughs> We're just making up words left and right here. I love it. Um, imagined scenario that we just did where mm. it's like, Chris doesn't seem to value school, but... Yeah, but he still ends up exactly where his father intended for him to end up. He speaks to that in the revival, you know? So, like, (laughs) in a sense, it was, like, it was his destiny no matter what, it seems. Yeah. But, yeah, he definitely didn't take the same path that Logan did, but I do think that their upbringing was similar. I don't know that Chris necessarily... I don't know that, like, up until the point that Lorelai got pregnant, did he actually like start these shenanigans of getting kicked out of school kind of the way he recounts with Logan um which like you said would be a really really uh solid reason for Strobe to then shift the blame onto Lorelai um but I do think that they had very similar upbringings and that like they had one path that was it they had a path laid out for them and it sounds like Lorelai did as well so she understands the only person who doesn't necessarily have that that we've talked about is Rory yeah, she gave herself her own path. She sure did. Oh, that was a good. That was a good shout, though. I had forgotten about that. Even though I love that episode, because yeah. I, I, I don't know. I just love the little um, love fest between Chris and Logan. I know. I love when he calls and he's like, "Should I like this guy?" And he was like, "He's taken Chris." <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So speaking to Rory and her college experience, one of our listeners called in and asked us a question that I'm really curious to hear your answer on, because I know Ooh, that these are like scared. your seasons. <laughs> Hi, Grace. I have been thinking a lot about Rory's college years and how they seem to have tried to give Rory recurring characters like all of the lovely people in Stars Hollow, but it wasn't very successful. I feel like. And I was wondering if there were any characters that you wish you had seen in Rory's college years. Like we get a few recurring characters. We have Paris who obviously stays with her and then a few of the people on the newspaper staff or a few others. But it just seems like they didn't add very much. Whereas in Star Hollow, we have all these side characters who we can see small things about their lives and their storylines that are a lot more successful. If there was any characters that you would want to add any types of people or any like more realistic college scenes you'd like to see i just feel like rory's college years were honestly kind of boring outside of logan and that's not how college you have to study a lot but that was not my college experience but there was all these recurring characters and always something going on anyway bye i do agree with that i think that like yeah our college years are really when like all these new recurring characters come up but i do think for a tv show that would be a little confusing Okay, that's exactly what I was going to say. I've mentioned before that I feel like Rory, like this exact thing, that like 
one of the reasons I feel like people don't like the college years is because we lose that sense of like small town community, haha, he he little group of people. Yeah. That like we only have that in Stars Hollow and kind of at Yale, but not really. Mm. And I know a lot of people because I said that like Lori, Lori, sure, Rory doesn't have like a strong group of friends that feels like feeds into that. And a lot of people commented back saying, "Well, like I didn't have a lot of friends in college, and like subsequently in high school, and like Rory's like, uh, I guess like situation in high school was kind of where they went in college, and her path was a lot similar to mine. And I like thought about that, and I was like, that's very true. Like that is realistic." this is a TV show (laughs) and we need to like beef it up a little. I will say that I think that they were realistic in the sense that like her freshman year, it seems like she's trying to find her footing both academically and amongst her friends. She's had someone who basically followed her here from (laughs) high school. (laughs) And then they have all these kind of outside characters. You know, they have the roommates that she lives with. They have Glenn. They have like a bunch of different people who kind of come in and out. That guy she asks on a date, the guy she goes on the urine mince date with, you know, like it is a lot of kind of this revolving door that's where Marty's introduced and then by the time she gets to season five I do think that she has like a solid you know couple friends Marty Paris and then she meets Logan and that's kind of the friend group that she is then integrated into and that remains pretty consistent throughout so I do think that while I agree with you know some of the things that our listener shared with us that like it's less, you know, charming than the characters we get in Stars Hollow. As yeah. we spoke to, we lose kind of that like small town charm a little bit because it's not all taking place in Stars Hollow. Yeah. It is kind of a realistic depiction of what it's like when you go to college. Yeah. And I think what it's like to go to college when you're someone who's like as focused academically and kind of like an introvert and like a not that Rory's a lone wolf, but she kind of sticks to herself and like mm-hmm. what she's comfortable with. Um, I do love the addition of Doyle. I think that that one was like the way that Doyle and Paris, like that really feels like we're pulling that like like quirky personality into her orbit that like I really feel like those are really good uh, like foundational characters. Totally. I do wish we would have had characters like Lucy and Olivia who feel like an odd answer to Madeline Louise more present throughout like four five and six yeah and seven um like even if it's not four because i do like that she's kind of stumbling new people it's a kind of a revolving door of people because mm-hmm. that's how my freshman year was like yeah it was just like constantly meeting new people people falling off like finding myself totally. in situations and i feel like that was pretty realistic in four mm-hmm. but i do wish that there was some like sense of like more Maybe they were like hallmates or like more consistency. Yeah, we're introduced to a lot of people, especially in season four, that do end up falling off. Like our caller is so right in that like they tried some things that just didn't fully work. Like the Branford serial girls and those two girls that she meets at the beginning of season four that are kind of like snarky to her. They're like, did you hear that? They are what they are. Like those girls. And then... um the twins that she meets that try to like befriend her and stuff <laughs> yeah again like her roommates tana and oh gosh what's the other one's name oh my god i don't remember the what the sporty one i know exactly <laughs> sporty spice it's like cheryl or something carol janet janet Ex- yes janet, Ta- janet and to tana. Look it up. <laughs> oh my god janet and tana like they were introduced but you know that is representative of the fact that like I had sweet mates that were literally involved in my life for one semester, one year, and then 
Bye bye. They were gone. And I yeah. loved that. And I liked that after that point, her and Paris lived together because that's pretty realistic that that's like you would very be gone from realistic. That, and it would stay the same. But I just wish that a little bit the realism was taken out and that there were like consistent people who kind of like hung around because it really is Logan's friend group is the one that kind of stays with them and yeah. like it's Colin and Finn and like we get them a little bit but like it doesn't ever feel like in such a way that like I wish that Rory had people that like not like Miss Patty but like someone who's like that like similar sort of like energy of like I don't know what that what that would mean but I felt it at Chilton like I felt Madeline Louise were like cozy people who like wanted to be friends with her but like sometimes they were on the outs with her and like we had people that we knew I don't know I think that there was like a element of it as there were so many characters but I think that there could have been little you know people like Lucy and Olivia like I if those kind of characters had been introduced earlier yeah I think the only reason that Lucy and Olivia were introduced is to bring back the Marty story bring back the Marty story or like Logan wasn't there so yeah so they needed to supplement it with something but I also would have loved for Logan's friends to have been more consistent in season seven I don't know what that was like like production wise casting whatever availability yeah but like to have that remain there because like Logan ended up he wasn't going to graduate the year that that year, but Mitchum was like, nope, this is it. So it would make sense that his friends were maybe still there. Yeah. Um, at least checking in on her. I don't know. I know. Yeah. It's kind of weird. But then again, that's season seven, baby. Yeah. <laughs> but I think I think overall, I really like Doyle. Like, I think yeah, one of the too. best characters that comes along when she goes to Yale is Doyle. And I do like that there's Glenn and some of the other Yeah, like, Glenn cracks me up. I love yeah. that Glenn is kind of a side character. I love that he's not really someone who's, like, yeah. ever present, but he sticks around. He's like a Bootsy. He pops in and out at the line and or I two. I love that. You know, you know I love <laughs> it's that. great. He's there for yeah. the comedic relief. Yeah, 100%. But there's no one like from her past that I'm like, oh man, I wish we had gotten that person from Chilton at Yale. Only Madeline Louise. Maybe. I was trying to think of like maybe Brad, maybe Henry, like maybe Tristan showing back up. But like all of those, mm. I'm like, we solve those in other ways yeah, by totally. new characters. Totally. Um, but it kind of felt like that girl Stephanie from New Jump yes. Biden Jack was going to be someone. Because I really I liked her. I did too. It would have been nice for Rory to have another female friend in that group. Yeah. And then it just fizzles out. We know she that was she gone. was on One Tree Hill. Like, that is probably a huge reason why she didn't end up doing the show. But, like, I don't yeah. know. I really liked her. I liked her too. It was nice. <laughs> she shows up in a lot of fan fiction too. Oh, I'm sure she yeah. does. She's I'm Logan's sure. best friend in a lot of them. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that is our academia episode. I think we covered oh, as much a as we could. <laughs> I know. I feel the thing is, it's like, even like now I'm like, there's still so much we could talk about. Oh but my I think God, that I like we'd have to come at it from a different perspective. Yeah, for um, sure. Mostly because I'm like, I was trying to hold back a lot of my like Logan feels and really only relate them as they relate to school. Yeah. Um, which is hard. Um, That's I have a lot of thoughts. I know you do. But I know we, we have keep a Logan teasing episode. It, but- we Next have month. it coming up. We promise that it's on its way. <laughs> we keep teasing it. It's yeah. happening. But I understand wanting to save, you know, yeah. some of the good stuff. Yeah. Really not getting too deep until we uh, until we get there. I have a lot of deep thoughts on this. <laughs> what? You? I do. I also, you know what I'm really excited for, though? Not to, like, jump the gun on, like, the next couple of weeks, is I'm excited for Logan Gilmore to consider episode, because, like, that's what I want. Oh, to hear hear people's opinions. I want to hear people just hate what I have to say. (laughs) 
I know. I'm so curious. <laughs> I feel like Logan is such a spicy topic, but again, we're we'll going to have there. to save our feelings until next month because our next episode is going to be about how to have a Gilmore Girls fall. We are finally yeah. here to celebrate. It's finally happening. It's the start of fall at the end of this week, and we can walk into our Gilmore Girls fall together, and we have a lot of ways to celebrate that. So we're really excited yeah. to share that with you guys. And celebrate, but also like to just like live your like fall truth, you know? Yeah. Find the coziest version of yourself via your favorite TV show and like all of our favorite fall things and how they relate to what the Gilmore Girls love. Yeah. It is also going to be our first like official youtube episode yeah so it will be streaming so if you want to still listen at 5 a.m in your car we love you great yeah but if you want to come and watch watch the podcast podcast in the square if you will yes it will be available on youtube um the way that we're going to move forward with our episodes is our gilmore to consider episodes will still be audio episodes but we will upload the audio to youtube if that is your preferred way of listening now Mm -hmm. um but we will be uh filming and have a video episode for all of our Gilmore to say for the meantime while we figure out how the workflow for this is because it's a it's a lot but we're really excited about it yeah oh my god I'm so excited about it but it's a huge undertaking so for now just Gilmore to say is going to be video Gilmore to consider Patreon and Gilmore to read are all going to be audio only so that is what we're doing that's the game plan for now yeah so go ahead and subscribe on our YouTube page there is the extended cut with the original FaceTime screen recording Mm -hmm. um, from our very first episode that is uh Kind of silly to watch. <laughs> oh my god, it's so fun. Uh, Who are those girls? I know. And we did revisit on Patreon um, our feelings on it because mm-hmm. they have changed a little bit. Mm-hmm. So head over to YouTube and watch the extended cut and then go over to Patreon and see what we think about what we thought then. Now. No. And we'll be back next week with How to Have a Gilmore Girls Fall. Mm-hmm.